Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Nico Coltrane, and this is Zoom Room. A youth-produced podcast where we zoom into different themes or topics through interviews and conversations relevant to us, the youth of Alaska. Quinn Christofferson is an Atna Athabaskan and a Nupiak singer-songwriter who grew up in Anchorage, Alaska. He gained national notoriety in 2019 when he won NPR's Tiny Desk Contest with a performance of his song Erase Me, which is about his experiences as a transgender man. He went on to perform a Tiny Desk Concert, a popular video series of live shows, and the offices of All Songs Considered. Quinn's debut album, Write Your Name in Pink, came out on September 16th, 2022. It features the single Celine, 2005, and a studio version of Erase Me. At Me producer Rowan McCowan sat down with Quinn to talk about his album, putting personal experiences into his lyrics and the impact his music has on fans. So, let's hear a track from the album first. This is Bubblegum by Quinn Christofferson. I've read so many interviews where you talk about, you know, like your family, your struggles with addiction and trauma and your personal connections to music. Um, And I want to talk about that in a little bit, but I do want to ask, you always sound so sweet and caring in those sessions. And I just want to know how you maintain such a positive outlook and a kind heart given all that you've experienced. Oh, thank you. Um... I think I've always just been hopeful, you know, that's kind of just been a big part of me. And yeah, I've seen some things and been through a lot, but um, in my songs too, you can tell there's hope and uh, joy and um, I think it's important. My favorite song of yours that I've listened to so far has been Celine. Uh. I just, I love the chorus. Um, it It's just, it's so upbeat. I love the, like the whole story. So um, it was just, it was, I, I just think it's so cute. The song is just so, it makes me feel happy, uh. which I wasn't really necessarily expecting from someone who also wrote Erase Me, which yeah. is a very not necessarily like negative song but it's deep and it's talking about these very big issues yeah yeah it is um it's a part of my story it's a point but i have a lot of points to make and i want to experience and express all sorts of emotions through writing and through music and so i think it's it's really important for me to kind of show a lot more sides of me because I guess you know I have that song Erase Me like you mentioned and people can sometimes fixate on my gender Mm -hmm. and it and I get it you know 
because I have a song about it. Um, but I have more songs too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It is kind of funny how people who are a part of any sort of minority who make music or make, or make art in general, people are always like, oh my God, you know, they have to focus on this one thing. And it's like, well, that's not, people are multifaceted. Yeah. So it, I definitely know what you mean. <laughs> so you just went on tour opening for Courtney Barnett and the Wild Hearts tour, which was um, Sharon Van Etten, Van Etten, excuse me, Angel Olsen and Julian Baker. Can you tell me about how that was, what you experienced? It was amazing. Um, what I would say, it, I mean, the bands are amazing. They're so nice and kind and definitely took me under their wing in a way. And, um, but the interesting thing I'd say about this tour that was different than others would be that it was catered. <laughs> the food the food was great but it wasn't the food that was so special i think it was the the time that we spent with the bands over food you know because yeah. food is such a nice way to share things with people and moments and experiences and uh, is around food and so like it just felt really cool that we all had the opportunity to eat with each other you know a few times a day and yeah um i thought that was really special I really, I really like that sentiment. Yeah, thank you. So how did you get involved with that tour? I, you know, it's like booking agents and um, <laughs> they, you know, they pitch you for certain things. And so like, I, I knew I wanted to, you know, I think my manager asked me, you know, if I would want to do it. And of course I was like everything, anything, I would do anything for this. Right. And, um, it wasn't until like three weeks later that I <laughs> heard back <laughs> if I was going to do it or not. And like, so that three weeks was pretty <laughs> hard to wait through, but right. yeah, um, it all came together. So yeah, yeah. it's very like industry style. I yeah. don't know how to explain yeah. it, but. That's, I mean, that's still so cool. Yeah. Julian Baker played with um, Phoebe Bridgers, right? Yeah, they have a band called Boy Genius. Yeah, with yeah. Uh, Lucy Dacus. Yes. Yeah, I really love, good stuff. So cool. I love all of I them. used to have, um, this is sort of a side note, but I used to have like the biggest crush on Julian Baker. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when I heard that you went on tour with Julian Baker, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> That's amazing. So uh, have you been on a tour like that before or played venues like the ones that you did with those artists? No, I haven't. That was definitely the biggest production and biggest tour I've ever been a part of. I feel like it was wild. It was literally wild hearts. It was yeah. it was insane. And the, yeah, the crowds were amazing. And um, yeah, if I do it again, I could. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> so your debut album, Write Your Name in Pink, is coming out on September 16th. Yes. That is in a little bit over a week as of this recording. It's in eight days. So yeah. what do you want people to know about it? What do I want people to know about my record? Um, I just want people to... Hmm spend time with it you know I think that's enough mm -hmm. I spend so much time writing the songs and 
then we record it and then we put them out and we make the videos and everything and then they're out and they're out forever mm -hmm. and so i just want people to like spend time with it and um share it with their friends pretty much that's it yeah cool what was your favorite part about working on this record my favorite part about working on the record was getting to go to london for like two and a half months and just go in the studio every day and make this record and like it was an experience i'd never done before and it was just so cool like working with nathan the producer and mm -hmm. uh i'd never really gone you know out of the country either by myself right. for anything especially for that length of time and yeah it just felt like the whole thing i was really writing my name in pink you know like right. it was my you know first time doing that and it felt really good and yeah. i felt confident about it and it was so fun yeah that's so cool i didn't know that you recorded in london yeah that's where the producers uh lives oh cool yeah um so many of the songs that are on this album you've per been performing for years now so why have you chosen to include songs like erase me and celine in addition to new content well celine is a is a bit of a newer song mm -hmm. but i had to include erase me because when i put that song out i, I didn't really think anyone was listening and it was just kind of a demo, mm -hmm. rough draft. And uh, I I guess I was just never really happy with that version. Mm. And so, and I just always felt really good about the live version. It's so fun to play live and it's so uh, emotional and cathartic. And I just wanted that feeling with the recording. And so I re-recorded it in London with another producer called uh, named Shrink. and. Uh, I told him that this is a live song. It has to be live. Mm -hmm. And so he was playing the guitar live and I was in the vocal booth live just holding onto the mic screaming. And, <laughs> and then we added a little bit of extra onto it, but it, it didn't need much. And, and I'm really happy with how it turned out. And I'm yeah. happy to put a version I'm proud of out. Yeah. That's really cool. What if uh if I can ask what didn't you like about the original recording? Well, it was just more of a rough draft. Mm -hmm. You know, like anything that we make, that one just never felt like the end for me. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. That's it. Yeah. So, write your name in pink is a a lyric in your song Celine. And that lyric is now the title of um, this record. Why did you choose that lyric? And what significance does the song Celine hold for your album? Celine is huge for my record because, you know, it's about those small moments that can pull the biggest emotions out of us. And I think that's really special. It's a really special feeling. And... I just remember my mom writing her name up for karaoke and I just think it takes so much. It's so vulnerable and, you know, singing on a stage in front of people is is such a big feeling and um, 
it kind of felt like that when I'm recording my songs for the first time and putting them out there like this. It felt like I was writing my name in pink too. It felt that big. Yeah. And uh, yeah. You write about the, and you sing about these big things in your life. Um, I saw your TED talk um, where you talk so much about how music has helped you through you know, uh, building a relationship with your mother and getting over substance abuse. And, you know, that was like an actual TED Talk. So, and you put all of these things into your songs. So I just was wondering what it's like to sing about those things in front of an audience and share those things with such, with, I know that Erase Me, you didn't really think that it was going to get as big as it's gotten. Um, but I, you've continued. So I'm just wondering like what it's like being so vulnerable. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I did not plan to be singing these for so many people when I wrote them and it's only taught me more about myself, I think, um, being vulnerable and open and honest with my words and my stories is something that, you know, my family's taught me all growing up. They raised me that way. And, you know, you can't take our stories from us. Mm-hmm. And so that's really the the only way I know how. And I think that's my favorite thing to do in songwriting is tell stories and say what I have to say and, you know, trying to say something. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, yeah, it's my favorite part about songwriting. You know, it's just, it's really brave of you. Um, and I'm sure you've been told this before, but it's really brave of you to be able to share things like that with with me and with you know people that you sing for um and i just want to like congratulate you on that because i don't know maybe i'll get to the point someday where i'll be able to be so vulnerable and i hope i will but um you're being a role model thank you i'm trying to just normalize things Mm -hmm. you know for like my nieces and nephews and the younger kids like I figure if I if I'm telling the story and and you can relate to it then you might see yourself in me mm-hmm. and like and and people like me can be a little more normalized yeah you know and so maybe like younger people won't have to talk about other things so much mm-hmm they can just be who they are. Yeah. So kind of completely switching gears, um, would you talk a little bit about what you have planned to promote the album? Promote the album? Well, we just made a another music video that's going to come out the day the record drops. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. Yeah. And um, I'm going to go on tour. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tour my record. Yeah. And 
Well, just gonna try and get the songs to the people, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where are you going on tour? Um, it's not announced yet or anything, but you know, it's all over. Yeah. All over the U.S. Cool. Yeah. Mm, I might. <laughs> mm, I should probably go to one of those. <laughs> I hope um, I play Anchorage. I have no clue. That would know. be so, so cool. Yeah. I would bring all of my friends. <laughs> um, I'll force great. them to listen. I've been <laughs> forcing them to listen to your music. Right. I'm tired of people trying to erase me. I'm tired of people trying to erase me. I'm tired of people trying to erase We'll be right back with more from Roe's conversation with Quinn Christofferson. Alaska Teen Media Institute is looking for youth to join our team. As a youth producer, you can conduct interviews like the one you're listening to right now, edit audio, record voiceovers, help write scripts, and much more. And all of that is paid work. So, if you are between the ages of 13 and 24, living in Alaska, and interested in joining ATME, go to alaskateenmedia.org join. You can also email us at news at alaskateenmedia.org. Now, back to Rowie's interview with Quinn Christofferson. So, I've read that you came from a very musical family. Mm. Could you talk about your upbringing and how music has played a role in your life because of that? Yeah, music music was huge, I think, Um Definitely for my grandmother, her dad was a really famous violin maker mm-hmm. and um and he played everything, you know, anything with strings. And so she would tell me about how she grew up with just always musicians in the house playing jamming out and she loved it and mm-hmm. um growing up my dad played guitar and he definitely taught me to play and you know, we we were just kind of performers like all through the the lineage i feel yeah. like there's little performers yeah. everywhere you look and like you know my dad uh he's a wedding dj he always <laughs> has been so i feel like just even watching him dj weddings like that was a performance in itself right. and it was it's so cool like to just grow up watching watching that and um yeah it just inspired me and i think my music for sure um he's always had all the sound equipment and Mm -hmm. everything to help Mm -hmm. me with my shows and all that so yeah it's always been good a good thing to play music yeah do you think you had like an innate like want to play music um professionally or do you think that it was kind of you know, as a result of the way that you were raised? Um, 
That's like sure. kind of a big question. <laughs> yeah, no, I I don't know, but I didn't I didn't start playing an instrument until I was twenty. Oh. Yeah, so yeah. I I just came late to the game. I didn't really think of music in that way, but I was always writing poems, right, and poetry and little like spoken words and and all that. And so once I finally got that guitar, it was like a yeah gateway to mm -hmm. turning all these poems into song, and it just felt like such a more palatable way to share with people and to perform and i think sure. i've always been a performer at heart mm -hmm. as far as music though no but mm -hmm. i d i like grew up trying to do magic tricks <laughs> for my family like all the time and you know just anything to <laughs> be on a stage right. was like my bag and yeah <laughs> so i guess like songs was like yeah i could do that yeah <laughs> <laughs> you might as well yeah i love it yeah so um I've noticed that in your music, you write a lot about your family and your community. Your most listened to song on Spotify is Raiding, yeah. which is about your sister, if I'm correct. Yeah. Okay. So would you consider them like your main source of inspiration for the music? People. People for people. sure. Yeah. People I love. People, people I know. And just characters that come in and out of your life. Yeah. Um, I love people, so, and I love, like, having relationships with people and friends, and, yeah, I always find them to be definitely the most inspiring. Yeah. So, the local music scene here in Anchorage isn't something, unfortunately, I'm, like, super involved in, um, and I know that you got your start in performing music it, here mm -hmm. in Anchorage, so could you talk a little bit about growing up in the local music scene with Anchorage musicians and performing here in your hometown? Yeah, this is a special place for art and music, I feel. I've always felt that way. Um, because even though we have, you know, a good-sized population, we're landlocked in this way that kind of forces us to show up for each other right? in this really unique way, it seems like. And um, also with the winter months, I feel like we all kind of sit inside and... <laughs> create and then summer comes and we all just want to share it yeah. all and show everyone and like it just feels like a place that breeds you know creativity mm -hmm. whether we like it or not mm -hmm. and and everyone is there for it you know mm -hmm. as far as like big cities and focusing on other like bigger acts i just feel like we we have us yeah and it's strong that way it is a community feel. Mm -hmm. I wish it was more accessible to like under 21 for sure. Yeah. That's kind of a bummer. And I think that goes to say for a lot of places, but especially here, this is like a drinking town. Yeah. And yeah, I'm always looking for places to play that aren't bars. You know? Yeah. I think, it's... have you ever performed at the writer's block? Um. Yeah, I have like years and years ago. Yeah. yeah a little like open mic there, I think. Yeah. Um, there's great places here, you know, like Performing Arts Center, mm -hmm. and the Nave, and um, yeah, even spots at UAA and like mm -hmm. that sort of thing. There's good stuff, but yeah, I wish um, we did more all ages. I wish that as well. It's it is kind of funny. I drive past um, 
Chilkoot Charlie's on my way into school. I go to school at West yeah. right now. So um, I graduated West. You did? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so <laughs> funny. Um, I, you were talking about Westchester Lagoon yeah. earlier. And I was like, I I know that place. So <laughs> it's just kind of yeah. um, that fun little feeling. But um, I wish I know that there are so many really cool musicians out there that I, I sometimes... I wish I could be more involved. Yeah, totally. So you won um, NPR's Tiny Desk Concert competition in 2019 um, and then performed a Tiny Desk Concert in their studio. Why did you first decide to submit the contest? I decided to submit the contest because it just seemed fun to (laughs) make a video and play live like you know I had been like doing my little open mic singer songwriter acoustic thing and I thought why not like make a video of that and um my partner at the time makes videos and um I mean she's still my partner today but (laughs) yeah at the time of my first submission which was like 2018 right and um so we made a video on Westchester Lagoon and yeah and like it was freezing out yeah that was my first submission and i didn't win that year but they did kind of feature my song wow yeah and they and they had me do a little radio interview for npr as my first one yeah it was just so cool and it felt like wow like people are really seeing me you know yeah and um so 2019 came and it was like Mm -hmm. oh i have to try again yeah because now it just feels like um tradition right mm-hmm, you do something right. once you want to do it again and so 2019 was the year yeah and um we did that next video in the museum mm-hmm. and i was wearing a suit in my first video i was wearing a suit and so i was thinking maybe they'll remember me um i won though and then i asked bob i was like wow did you remember my last year's video he's like no i had no idea <laughs> You did last year, and I'm, I'm like, okay, so <laughs> me trying to do the same thing with a suit and a chair it didn't really <laughs> land, but Man. either way, <laughs> I mean, you still won, yeah. so like, pros and cons worth it, yeah. <laughs> what was it like performing the Tiny Desk concert? It was crazy, it was intimate, it was like weird mm-hmm. because you're not amplified. Right. But you're playing for a room of like 150, 200 people Mm -hmm. packed in there like sardines. Right. And as a performer, naturally you want to be loud and amplify your voice so that people can hear you in the back. But in your head when you're on Tiny Desk, you know that it's not about the people. It's actually about the video. And so you don't want to seem like you know you can't be over amplifying Mm -hmm. for the microphones and it's just like yeah you it's like you have to practice and challenge yourself to hold back and do it like how you would right but you have these people watching you and kind of just yeah it was really cool and it's special because they're all there they know how it is and so Mm -hmm. they're pin drop silent yeah and giving you that respect and it's it's really cool yeah nothing like it that's so cool i i would love to be able to go and watch one in person i don't know if like i think they let people i think if you just like ask to be on the list like you can get in cool yeah might be doing that i mean i have a hookup there i can hook you up (laughs) (laughs) oh my god okay anyway um 
I'll freak out about that at some later point in time. <laughs> Why did you choose Erase Me as the song you performed for the submission? Well, that year in 2019, I just felt like that was like a strong song that I had written that told my story or a part of my story. And if I was submitting a video to kind of encapsulate how I was feeling at that time, I felt like that was the one. Right. You know, and um, and it just felt like a really kind of emotional piece. Mm -hmm. And um, like vocally felt kind of dynamic and I felt like it was kind of eye-catching like mm -hmm. all those things I just thought this is this is the song yeah you know no, nothing else has like a build like that mm -hmm. and I just felt like it is a live performance that's what they're judging on and so I was like this is definitely my strongest yeah performance yeah yeah so I heard you say in an interview, you performed your submission in front of the Sydney Lawrence painting of Mount Denali because Denali stems from an Athabascan word and Lawrence is white. So for you as an Athabascan man, mm -hmm. it was a way to take things back. Yeah. Could you talk a little bit about making these sort of statements and um, maybe representing Alaska Native cultures in your music? Well... I don't know about representing Alaska Native culture in my music, but any music I make is inherently Native because right. I am Native. But as far as the Sydney Lawrence, I just felt like that that was ours, you know? Mm -hmm. And and this guy has just, I don't know, kind of felt like he was kind of taking it. Mm -hmm. And to sing in front of it, it did feel like kind of holding my narrative for myself in the way I was doing with the, the song, mm -hmm. Erase Me Too, and it just felt really fitting and cathartic. And um, there's actually a print of it that my aunt had gotten because she mm -hmm. um, worked for a company who had a few of these prints given to the employees. And so her and my dad actually um, had it and presented it to me after I won. Wow. And, and they had told me they've had this in our family for, you know, however long. And um, that me, you know, singing in front of it like that was just so coincidence because I didn't know right. that we had that piece. Right. And so me, like, kind of reclaiming it kind of came full circle when they had it and they presented mm -hmm. it back to me. Now yeah. I have that painting in my house too that's so cool yeah i wow that's a really fun anecdote yeah it's so strange yeah yeah i it was actually kind of another one of those 2005 music video moments for me <laughs> when i watched that because yeah. i was like i literally know where that painting is in the anchorage <laughs> yes. museum yes and then it was like yeah you know just npr <laughs> tiny desk radio just that <laughs> like Love it. anyway yeah so you're writing about these big things that could potentially help others. And I know that you said in an in interview that you were a counselor for yeah. um, Alaska Native youth. Yeah. So what impact do you hope that your music and then talking about your music can have on listeners? 
you know, if these topics that I'm talking about are tough, my hope is that we can talk about these things easier in the future, you know? Like, we don't have to hide behind things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about my nephews and nieces, and, like, I don't want them to go through certain things that I did. And I think that's a big part of how I write. Absolutely. It is really um, inspiring as an LGBTQ Alaskan Native young person. Um, And a lot of my friends are in either one one of or both of those categories as well. So listening to your music just from my personal standpoint has been really helpful in just being able to kind of um i don't really know how to say this get rid of the stigma i guess around just talking about it yeah just in 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 preparation for this interview i was like I don't really want to ask him about, you know, like, so you write a lot about your gender and (laughs) I didn't want, because it felt very intrusive. Um, And it is, but. I appreciate that. Um, Honestly, that's like the best thing I could hear is that you've, you feel seen by my songs. That's definitely what I want. And I, I feel that way that you just described when I watch Reservation Dogs. You know, that show makes yes. me feel seen and makes my family feel seen. And, like, I've never seen this in media before. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know, like, if if I'm on that level, but it's really cool to hear you say that when I have that same feeling, Yeah. you know, about yeah. a TV show. I think, I mean, me personally, I think you're going to get huge. Um, just because I think your music. Said it right here. You I'm, heard it. Okay, here's the thing. I don't want to, like, jinx it or anything, obviously. <laughs> I'm a very superstitious person. But your your music is so, like, just objectively good <laughs> that I, like, I just, oh, I just don't see, an, uh, like, a world in which you're going to like this is the biggest point in your career or anything like that so (laughs) i think having music right now you haven't even released an album yet Um, not yet yet. soon yeah really really soon i'm ready um i'm so excited for the album by the way (laughs) (laughs) um it, it like with the popularity that you already have you are already touching so many people and you're already being able to share your voice with people and you know doing these kinds of podcasts and talking to people for interviews and things like that it is helping so many people um and i think that is one of the main reasons why i wanted to talk to you today is because you like genuinely inspire me um and you I like I said, I've been like forcing my friends to listen to your music. <laughs> I've been amazing. like, listen to this song. <laughs> um, <laughs> at like seven thirty in the morning at school, like you have to listen to this song. because um, it's so good and I love it so. That's I incredible. love your music. Ah, um, <laughs> so amazing. I just I wanted to say that you, your music is 
I think doing exactly what you want it to do, which is, and tell me if I've got this wrong, but um, impacting people who maybe don't feel like they have a voice, being able to let them see a little bit of themselves yeah. and be helping them find their voice. Yeah, I mean, that's that's right on the money. I think I want to say things you know, for myself and for others, I guess, who don't normally get the opportunity to be on a microphone, right? Mm -hmm. Who don't normally have a voice. Right. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is all of the questions that I have for you today. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah. That thank you great. so, so much for coming in. Um, that's all we have. Hey. Woo! <laughs> that was great. Yeah. But you're getting on that stage DJ put the words on the screen You came back so proud They said I sounded Just like Celine That was At Me producer Rowie McCohen speaking with singer-songwriter Quinn Christofferson. His debut album, Write Your Name in Pink, is out now. You've been listening to Zoom Room, a production of Alaska Team Media Institute. Our show's theme music is by Kendrick Whiteman, with additional music from Devin Schreckengost. Alaska Team Media Institute is based in Anchorage, Alaska. We would like to acknowledge the Denina people whose land we work on. And many thanks to supporters of our podcast, including Spirit of Youth and United Way of Anchorage. The views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent the views of our sponsors. And thank you to you listeners who contribute to our programs and help us leverage additional funds and grants. You guys are amazing. If you'd like to support Youth Voices in Alaska and help keep our podcast going, you can support us through Patreon. It's a membership platform that makes it easy for you to support creative endeavors like Atme. Just go to patreon.com slash alaskateenmedia. You can also help out by subscribing to, rating, or writing a review of our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Every little bit helps us get our stories out there. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all sorts of updates. From Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Nico Coltrane. Thanks for listening. <laughs>